right, all right, all right. Welcome, everybody, to the Forest Brothers Podcast. It's your boy, Mozart Chris Don, out here in the cut, joined by a very, very special guest today. We have Taida, who is joining us. She is the CEO, the headhunter, the queen, the, the woman in charge of the Chosen Foundation, um, which is a charity organization that works predominantly in Zimbabwe. But I will let Taida take that. So, Taida, welcome to the podcast. Please say hello to our wonderful guests out there. Oh, our wonderful listeners, let me say. Please say hello to the people out there so they know who you are, what you're about. And, uh, yeah, I'll let you take it away from there. Wow, what an intro. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Mutsa. Thanks so much. Shout out to the Forest Brothers podcast for inviting me um, to this chat. I, I really appreciate you giving us this platform to share with everyone a bit more about Chosen Foundation. So my name is Taida, my full name is Taida Nyasha, which from Shona to English translates to the wanted grace. So I am a Zimbabwean woman, uh, 26 years old, living in Australia, I live in Melbourne. And yeah, I work in family services. I'm super passionate about anything to do with people, to be honest, just well-being. Um, and just loving people. So ultimately, this is the way that I like to live my life um, and finding ways to do that. And one of the cool ways I do that is through Chosen Foundation with my wonderful team um, who work across Australia and Zimbabwe. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And uh, we, actually, I don't even know how this didn't come up in the previous conversation, but my full name is Mutsaw Mwari, which is God's grace. And so it's interesting that even your name is... You know, Tayadangasha, which is, well, we, is it we want a grace or one grace? Yeah, it, it's we wanted grace. Yeah. 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 So we've got two graces on the podcast. You know, amazing. We got two G's. <laughs> we got two G's, exactly. You see, ah, vibes. <laughs> All the vibes. Okay. All the vibes. Yeah. All the vibes. No, amazing. Amazing. So um, can you like talk a little bit more about Chosen Foundation and like just a brief synopsis of the organization. How did you start this charity? And like, maybe just even a just description of like what you do, like what do you, what's it about and how did it start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll probably start with um, how I actually came to establish Chosen Foundation. So I'll take you back to 2020. Okay. This is when COVID decided to surprise us all invited to stay okay <laughs> and during that period I was actually going through a fair share of challenges I was um, working I just finished sort of like um, some clinical work um, in behavioral therapy okay. at the clinic here in Melbourne and that had come to an end and I was really just in between jobs and really stressed about like my life you know how it goes in your early 20s and just thinking what's my purpose how do I need to figure things out and also being you know, young Zimbabwean women, you know how our Zim parents can get. And they're thinking, hey, why did you even bother? Because I had, I had moved out of home. Well, actually, mm -hmm. I essentially moved states because I moved from Perth to Melbourne to really, um, I guess, establish my career and get things going. So my parents are looking at me and they're like, why don't you just come back home? You know? <laughs> and I was really just so determined to stay in Melbourne and really build here because I just had yeah. this strong feeling and faith that I'm meant to be here and I'm meant to create something here. 
So during that time, um, you know, just going through those challenges myself of mental health and I'm trying to find work and all sorts of things. And I kept thinking to myself, you know what? I'm grateful for the fact that I still had access to government aid and, you know, other sources of support here. But for some reason, like, my mind always went back to Zim. Like, I just kept thinking, what's going on in Zim? I haven't seen, you know, much news or anything about what's the situation in Zimbabwe. How are people faring, you know, during this pandemic? So I started doing some research, and I actually found myself um, having, like, days where I would be up at night, like, really late hours of the night, just, like, watching these really, really in-depth documentaries of how people were going in rural areas. Um, yeah. And people were just uploading, like, um, I guess, other videos of what they were experiencing at the time. So a lot of people were losing work, um, you know, during the lockdowns. And even when Zimbabwe was going out of these lockdowns, mm-hmm. some people were still having a hard time financially. Um, and mind you, these are people who were already having a difficult time, you know, because of the socioeconomic situation in Zim. Um, so people who were already in really tough situations were having it really, really bad. And you were finding that in a lot of these um, family settings, the prevalence of domestic violence now was really, really high. I mean, the statistics scary, you know. And so a lot of um, women were now fleeing these homes, you know, and um, these really abusive relationships and environments and looking, you know, to go to safe houses and try to go to the police and all that. And the support was really just, you know, minimal. And it's not because these services didn't want to provide the help. They just didn't have, you know, the resources. And I just continued to do this research, and I was also finding that the prevalence of teenage marriages as well was just, like, super high. I mean, a lot of families, because of, you know, the Lobola practice that we have in Zimbabwe, the family, mm. you know, marrying off the girl child. So a lot of them were now just waiting for their daughters to get to ages of 10, 11, 12. These girls are so young. And they're being milked now for just for families able to put food on the table, you know. Um, but a lot of these girls were going into these homes and now being abused. So they were also now trying to flee these situations and going to these safe houses. So a lot of these safe houses and homes were just really overwhelmed, you know, and didn't have much to provide when people were coming to seek this aid. And even apart from that, there was also a lot of schools that were um, reporting that a lot of the kids there were really having a difficult time because now their parents who already weren't able to give them much in terms of school supplies um, to go to school now or coming to school with essentially nothing, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the pandemic, I think, really just had such a huge toll on a lot of people in Zimbabwe, especially in the rural areas. So here I was in my apartment, and I'm thinking, okay, I don't have much to give, but I want to do something, okay. But in Melbourne, we were still in lockdown, okay. So essentially, there was no one even flying in around. But I said, hey, I'm just going to pack a suitcase with some of my clothes that I no longer wear, right? I was like, that, that size eight top that I thought I was going to shrink down and get back into. <laughs> 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 I was like, honey, you know I'm an extra small. Okay. So anyway, I said, I have, you know, clothes that someone else can make really great use of in this way to appreciate. So I packed a bag. And I was living with my amazing friend, you know, my housemate at the time, Gladys, and I told her about it. I said, hey, I have this crazy idea. I'm just going to pack a bag, you know, with some clothes, shoes, you know, some journals. I found out that I had to use. 
and I'm going to send it to Zimbabwe. I'm going to find a yeah. way to get it to Zim, and it's hopefully going to bless some people, right? So she was like, no, that's amazing, because, you know, we always support each other's crazy ideas. But she was like, that's so cool. Yes, get it, get it. <laughs> you need friends like yeah. that. Yeah, support each other, guys. Yeah, Come yeah, on. so the support, yeah. and, and that's so big as well, by the way. You really need supportive friends who um, see your heart, you know, yeah. and just help you just go for those, I think, those big dreams. So in the moment, I said to her, yeah, going to do that. And then I had a connect group at the time at my church. And I really just mentioned to them in passing, I was really just asking for support, like in prayers. And a lot of them just felt like that was a call to action. So they ended up like bringing a lot of their, you know, clothes and people bringing toys and all sorts of items. I had a friend of mine who actually was so, so, so touched and moved by it that the next day, I swear he bought like the whole kids department. Wow. And she came out. Like he went bananas okay wow um and he bought like tracksuit sets baby clothes blankets socks all sorts of like real real great stuff um and we already had filled about like three boxes so i was like okay i need to actually make this into an initiative right i was just going to send the stuff you know myself but then i thought let me actually set it up so i then set it up as still a backpack for zimbabwe and it was just supposed to be a once-off crowdfunding initiative and then during that process of sending those items to Zim, I just felt like there was so much more work, you know, that we could do. Yeah. Um, so I then just took the leap and then I registered. Um, and that's when we came to be Chosen Foundation. Um, and this was while we were actually still sending the Fill a Backpack items to Zimbabwe. So Fill a Backpack is sort of like a flagship uh, program. And okay. really as Chosen Foundation, we're... We're looking to just give people hope. You know, I think that's really what I sense during that time that people just have lost hope, you know, mm-hmm. and this was a time where I was losing hope myself. So in a way it it helped me, but you know, I was really thinking to myself, you know, if I'm in this situation, can you imagine how people are faring in Zimbabwe and how much hope they've lost, you know? Um, so I think even in that time just, I think, being able to sort of step out of myself and my needs and really think of others, um, really, I think it, it served to be something really amazing. And just to see how people were able to band together to help out with that Build Backpack initiative was so inspiring for me as well, because COVID was a time, I think, during the pandemic where every, the focus was on self a lot. Like, a lot of people were just focusing on, you know, themselves and, like, their own health and which is mm-hmm. fair and their own mental health and well-being. Um, but at the same time, I think it was so hard for any charities to even ask for any support. You know, it's like, <laughs> that's true. I, yeah. I don't know if the charity was great <laughs> to start the charity, but it, it actually served to be so, so amazing because it's a great reminder that they are, you know, people are always willing to, to help and support in the way that they can because it was yeah. such a practical way to do it. You know, everyone has something that they can, that they can give. So yeah, that's how Chosen started. We, then sent the stuff um, to Zim and um, we set up our board and that's when we got our operations going in early 2021. Look at that. Amazing. Ah, especially especially in COVID times. That's, um, yeah, because I know a lot of people, like you're right, like a lot of people were like focused on you. Yeah, lockdown in your house. You're just trying to like survive. Because exactly. I remember I was going through that and I was just like, hey, you know what? This is the time to reflect. This is the time. This is Muta time. Like I can't be thinking about what anyone else is going through because I'm going through a lot myself. Like, you know, a lot of people did lose their jobs and a lot of people are stressing about, oh, 
am I going to lose my job? You know, so there's that. Um, so a question for you then. So like, I know you're saying you're going to send stuff to Zim. Was there like a place in particular that you're sending or was it just like someone in Zim was going to receive it and make a plan? Or was there like an, uh, a, a partnership that you had? Like, was there like a specific place that um, this clothes are going to go? Um, taking, can you say a, lot, a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. So with the Fill a Backpack Initiative, we actually had a variety of items, right, that we put in the boxes and suitcases that we sent. So our items range from school stationery, kids' clothing, to we had, oh gosh, we had adult suits, um, coats, we had games, we had board games for kids, we had toys, we had all sorts of that we put in there. Um, we had keyboards. There was such a variety of things in there. So how... Um, I guess I started sort of trying to plan and map it out with my team was we just sort of reached out to organizations that we knew of. Um, so that way, I think at that time, what was most prevalent was, you know, the teenage mothers were in their safe houses who didn't have clothing and clothing for their babies and blankets, you know, when the babies would arrive. So we mainly targeted safe houses as well who were able to donate to. And I really wanted to find a way that we could have, you know, really expansive reach because a lot of these communities are in sort of hidden places, you know, and especially they're not usually like in Harare, you know, city center, um, which I find that a lot of, um, I guess, charity work might sometimes seem as though it centers around Harare, so we're trying to find a way to sort of branch out. So we were able to find a safe house in Rua with teenage ones. I think the youngest teen mom there was like, 12 or 13. Wow. I, oh I know. It's scary, to be honest, just being able to have an interaction with them and just see that, wow, you know, these are things that are happening in Zimbabwe and these people do really need these items. Um, so we had the safe house in Rua. We had a children's home as well in Mlawayo that we were able to support so home in waterfalls. Um, we were just able to, and we even had a a hospitals while they were able to provide some items to in Victoria Falls because they were having as well that they were having a lot of expecting moms coming um, into the hospital but with, with essentially nothing to get them started. So they really needed some baby clothing, blankets and those essential items, nappies. So we even packed some nappies as well. We had everything that we can in there and someone somewhere is going to make great use of it and need it. You know, even if it's just going to get them going, give them a start. I think people just usually just need a start, you know, just to give them hope. So that's what really we were trying to do. So we were able to, yeah, we mapped it out that way. So initially we had planned to provide the items to, I think it was like three or four organizations. We ended up in the end providing, you know, organizing. Yeah, we had surplus. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, and the credit goes to my team on the ground um, because they were the ones who, when they were doing the distributions, they found that, you know, we had some extra items that we were able to provide to other homes. And those homes really came to our attention while we were doing the um, So we had other boards. So, yeah, we were able to distribute all sorts of things, from school stationery to clothes, nappies, blankets. And one beautiful story, I remember um, there was one of our first donations was a baby blanket. And I remember when I received it, I don't know, it was such a beautiful blanket. And I always used to imagine in my head, like, I wonder, you know, what the baby will look like. We'll get to have this blanket. And it was just such a beautiful. A few weeks ago, we received an image from Mummy's Angel. They're the partner organization 
who worked within Victoria Falls, who were supplying the items to the hospital. They sent us a photo and there was a new baby who was wrapped up in it. And the mom had the big bag, you know, with the nappies and baby clothes and the creams that we'd sent and, you know, for her to get started. And I just couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, you know, we came from receiving these items and now we're seeing it, you know, it's seeing yeah. the babies and the people who are just so overjoyed to have these things. It's amazing. Please send me that picture so that we can show it in the episode so people can see like what that, that whole thing, because I feel like that'd be so beautiful to see like, this is actually how it looked in this blanket. So yeah. Yeah. I have a photo actually. Um, it was the first box that I packed and the blanket is on top of that box and I'm holding it, you know? And so I was looking at that, but I'm like, wow, this came all the way from here. And then now the baby's arrived, the baby's now warm in the blanket. It's just so heartwarming. I mean, it seems small, but it's, it's so big, you know? It's just so, so big for us. It's amazing. Yeah, no, and actually you're bringing up so many other things. Like, I had no idea that Zimbabwe even had safe houses. I had no idea, like, those things were even present because you are right about um, COVID in the sense that, like, COVID was a global pandemic in terms of sickness, but the other pandemic that happened due to COVID was, like, gender-based violence and child marriages. Um, I think they went up by, like, 70%. And we see that even not even just in Zim, South Africa, Southern Africa, around the world, actually, like even a lot of divorces happened in, a, in, the, in America, like just there were so many like things going on in homes during that period because a lot more people were at home. And what you're saying, a lot of people had financial struggles. So, yes, child marriage actually did rise up a lot. Um, so knowing that there are safe houses in Zim. I had no idea, and I don't know how many people also know that. So thank you for for giving out that information. Um, I don't. I, well, I'll, I'll try to see if I can put the information somewhere. But um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So there are. I'm, I'm happy to hear that they are present. So that's that's really good. So if anyone ever needs needs that, um, they, they there are resources. I hope that people can use uh, if they need it. So I have a couple more questions. So let's start with um, the name, actually. Actually, you know what? Before I even get to the name, you said you were sending these items to Zim. Can you walk me through like some of the logistical things? Like when you got when you got all these donations, did you just like put it all in a container, put it in a plane? It arrives in Zim by air, by boat. Like, what was the the actual way that you did that? Because you know we talked earlier about this, but a lot of people have the same dream or the same like. I really want to do something for my home country. I really want to donate this. I really want to like, but they don't know how to really go about it. Or they feel like since I'm in diaspora, I can't like, you know. So how did you go about doing that? Just on a logistical perspective, like how long did that take? You know, did it cost a lot to ship these things? Like just, yeah, please walk me through it. Like it doesn't have to be every single thing, but just on a on a holistic approach about it. I don't know. Yeah, 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 sure. I'll definitely try to narrow it down. But it was actually such a big process now when I look at it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, um, and, you know, let me just emphasize this again. I did not know what I was getting myself into <laughs> with shipping these items from Australia to the moment during a lockdown, okay? Um, so what happened is, fortunately, in Victoria and Melbourne, we got out of lockdown, right? Um, and I was able to visit a few logistics companies to sort of get some quotes and see what that shipment might look like, right? 
Um, but, you know, one thing that I then turned to, I said, you know what, I'm having a bit of a hard time um, finding a really affordable option um, to get these items to Zimbabwe. So I just reached out to people in my community and I said, hey, are there any Zimbabwe-owned shipping companies mm. or has anyone ever done this before? How can I sort of work about this a bit smarter? A bit smarter? So I have a really good friend of mine. His name is Dr. Alfred Schemble. He actually runs a charity called Aussie Books for Zim. Okay. They are an amazing charity. He's based in Canberra, and he usually ships books to Zimbabwe. And I said to him, hey, um, are you shipping any books to Zim? Maybe we can share a container, right? So it all started there. Um, and he had said to me that they weren't doing any shipments at the moment. However, he then referred me to another um, two friends of his who are based in Perth who are a profit-for-purpose um, organization. Their name is Asterix Tech Solutions. And they usually send, like, you know, any sort of computers or sort of gadgets to Zimbabwe. Um, and so I then reached out to them and I said to them, hey, this is what I'm trying to do. I've got a lot of boxes. <laughs> and at the time, they were just sitting in my house. I kid you not. They were just all over my apartment. And I was like, these are the photos, what the stuff looks like. How can we get this to Zimbabwe? And I kid you not, I, I, I don't even know how to express my gratitude to these people. They are just the kindest people. They just said to me, hey, find a way to get it to Perth and we'll try find, you know, um, a way to then put it in our next container and we'll charge you, you know, a fair but like really minimal cost uh, because, you know, you're a charity organization and they knew, you know, our situation. It was our first time doing the initiative. They were so, so kind. So what I did is um, had my friends come over to my house and we sifted through all the donations, okay? We packed everything, we filled the boxes, we labeled everything, wrote lists, all of that. And then I had another friend who was like, hey, I'm going to take the day off work and we're just going to load up the boxes, take them to the freight company and get it all sent, right? So we then managed to get all the items sent to Perth um, in Western Australia, and then Astrid Tech Solutions, they then packed all those items into the container, which was going by ship, right, I was going to go by boat, and then it went by rail, right, once it then got there, so it went by rail through Mozambique, through Bybridge, and then got into Zim, right, so now the, it was all then um, dealt with customs. So there was definitely, I think, so many moving parts to running this initiative, and I have thought that the hard part was getting the donation items from Australia to Zimbabwe, right? But then, once the items arrived in Zimbabwe, oh, it was like, we're starting again from zero. Because in Zimbabwe, when you're looking at the customs there at Zimra, they were sort of going through a period where they were changing a few um, rules and laws around um, the importing of second-hand items, right? So prior to us sending those things, it was, the circumstances were different, I'll put it that way. And then when we sent the items to the market, once they arrived, a few things had changed, okay? So um, because now there were a few licenses that we, that are required in Zimbabwe, when you do import certain goods, especially if they're secondhand goods and you're doing it under a charity, um, usually you have 
a better chance at those items being released duty free if you are registered as a what's called a PBO, right? Ah, okay. Um, however, all of our organizations that we had partnered with are trusts, right? Yeah, so okay. none of them were actually able to then go and get us those licenses. So fortunately, we then partnered with an amazing organization, Orab Zenzile, one of our beneficiaries as well, um, who had said they'd actually now registered as a PBO. So they then sort of helped us get that process moving along. But it was not an overnight process. Um, you know, the stuff was in Zimbabwe in January, and I thought, hey, I'm going to give it a week. Okay, we'll give it a week, and it should all be released. We got like February. And I was like, okay. And I could do every day I was waking up and I was like, today's the day. Today's the day. Everything will be released. We were just having all sorts of different responses. Like one day, I received an email saying, you have, we needed a total of four licenses, right? So you needed a license for the bags. You needed licenses for the blankets. Blankets actually need their own license. That's What kind of license is that? Yeah, so just, just a license to say that these are secondhand blankets that are going to people in need. Yeah, because we were obviously trying to go for the duty-free option. So for that exemption, everything has to be checked. And they had said that they were no longer allowing people to import these secondhand items because of Mabero. Right, so mm, most people yeah. are registering as a charity, bringing items in, and then going to sell them. So they were like, "How can we believe uh, that you're not trying to do that? You're not some sort of business who's just playing for charity front." So that's how I think that's how it happened. So we need a license for shoes as well. So this is how it would happen. So I'd wake up one day and it's like, "You had license for blankets, license for bags, license for clothes, license for shoes denied." So we can't, we can't separate items. And then another day, it was like, yeah, so we'd have to reapply because you have to reapply to have it all released together. You need all the licenses cleared. So you had those licenses. Did you pay for the licenses? No, we didn't. We didn't. That, that, that was the miracle in it all. So we had those licenses. And then there was also, we needed a license from the Ministry of Industry and Commerce as well. So I had to then reach out to them and we had our own agreement with them. So there's a lot of things that come into the mix when you're, you're trying to send these items to Zimbabwe, you know, as a charity. So we were just going, we were going back and forth. It went three months, six months, seven months. Now we're getting to September. Okay. And wow. yeah. <laughs> now we're getting to September. And I kid you not, every day I would wake up and I'll just, I'll be like, today's the day. Today is the day I am beginning to release. I just, I kept pushing. I was so determined because I just knew that if we leave these items, you know, unattended to, and if we go quiet, they're going to assume that we've just given up. And, you know, I was hearing all, I was receiving a lot of different responses. I'm not going to lie to you. It was really hard because a lot of times people would say to me, it's going to get stolen. You know how things are in Zimbabwe. I had one person actually yeah. tell me that, oh, with Zimmer, sometimes they actually can burn your items as well. Burn them, um, burn them for what? Yeah. They were saying that, oh, because they're secondhand or whatnot, and that's no longer allowed. If I was hearing all sorts of things, which are completely different to what I had been told prior to sending the items. I was so confused. So anyway, I was super determined. We kept pushing. And I have to emphasize, I did not do this alone. Um, there's a lovely lady, Nicole. Um, she has her own consulting agency in Zimbabwe, but at the time she was working with Eat Up Movement, so the co-founders there. 
they're another charity organization we partnered with and she she helped me big time when i tell you her and i were messaging every week sometimes because she knew of the time difference you know of the event she would actually message me and say tyler don't worry about the license today just like go to sleep she would have to tell me to go to bed because i would be messaging her like 1 a.m my time because you know she has a family she has children so i'll be timing for like when she's free to then discuss you know and she would have to actually force me to go to bed because you know and i have to say that gave me some peace of mind knowing that she also just had the heart for it you know to just keep that pushing so she had people who were going back and forth to zimmer she was sometimes going herself you know, and seeing a lot of emails. So we worked together, you know, and I have to really thank Nicole for that. So um, this is something that I have to just, even if anyone wants to do this, you know, initiative like this, it has to be a, a team effort. Yeah. You, you can't you can't do it alone, okay? Like you're stronger with a band of people. So I think it's, it's always good to have good people in your corner. And I'm so grateful that I was able to have that. People who just encouraged us to keep pushing, you know, because it's not much. It's a long time. Now when I when I think of it now and I'm smiling and we're we're kiki ha, you know. I'm sure it wasn't. I'm sure you're not kikiing like <laughs> for nine months. That's a long time. That's that's a baby. Is that like, a gray hair? I was like, okay, okay, good. <laughs> but I keep thinking of, you know, our why. And I was so determined. I said, there's people who need it, people who are waiting for these items. We've reached out to them, we've told them they're coming. And some of the organizations, like the founders, were reaching out to us saying, hey, you know, you know, the kids are so excited. The girls are so excited to get the stuff. And some of the girls now were, like, getting so close to their due date. Some already had the babies. Um, so a lot of people were expecting these things. And, you know, I was just so determined. I said, no, we're doing this, you know, for a good reason. So, you know, it just has to happen. It's got to happen. So eventually it did. We had all the items released. And they were in perfect, immaculate like condition they were expecting that maybe some of the items might get lost or yeah. you know i mean nine months in customs seriously that's a long time yeah that's that's a long time in customs yeah i had nightmares and like i mean makonzo and everything like you never know with rats like if they're gonna get into the stuff you don't know what they're keeping it so like you don't know how like things happen like sometimes i think like there are those uh yeah 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 there are things like i don't like i think like like the termites like they're just little insects that sometimes like if something is sitting somewhere for a long time so that's awesome that everything got there like without being destroyed or anything like that's 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 a miracle in itself <laughs> yeah it, it, it was a miracle in itself to be honest so that's um to kind of put it on the nutshell that's how it worked logistically to be able to ship items to zimbabwe um as a charity and that's sort of a glimpse of how it works on the custom side so you know, a lot of the time you think the real you know big job is <laughs> Loading the container, paying because containers themselves also very, very expensive. Oh, gosh, everything's expensive. Containers, wow. So, yeah. being able to do that, what helps a lot was being able to partner with Asterix. Um, and I'm just so, so grateful for them, just for their heart for community and just for believing in us. And yeah, so they were such a big help um, at the time. And I have to also just take it back a bit because even the day that the items arrived, so because Africa is a business, the items were cleared and we were hoping that everything would be cleared together. So it was so, so heart-wrenching on the day when, you know, they let me know that their stuff had been cleared and they pulled it out and our stuff, you know, was still there. Oh gosh, I was like, oh my goodness. 
you know, because I was hoping that if our hearts were together with theirs, it would go smoothly. But now I'm like, we're alone. Now we're alone. And we're just there in customs. And I've never done this before. So it was yeah. definitely a lot. The impact has been amazing, honestly. It's just like every time I hear any news from the homes, you know, pictures of the kids with the toys or, you know, wrapped up in a blanket we sent, I just, I'm like, yeah. I, I would I, I cannot wait for the next time we do this and now you know we know how to go about it and it was just so worth it I can't emphasize it enough it was so 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 worth it thank you Tana for that and so let's let's go back to so the name of the foundation this is chosen foundation and it's got the Z for the s for the for the for the you know I guess the Z sense for Zimbabwe I just that just clicked in my head um Please tell us, like, how did you come up with that name? Like, why Chosen Foundation? Like, why was that the name you chose for your organization? I essentially came up with the name Chosen because I I think I've always really believed in just the idea of purpose and everyone having a purpose, you know, in the world. And I think what happened, especially during the time of the COVID-19 pandemic and, you know, the back-to-back lockdowns, a lot of people were just questioning, like, You know, what is my purpose in life? Why am I here? And that always brought me back to think about, you know, imagining that if I'm, you know, probably like a person who's in serious need, you know, and um, I'm just having it really tough in life, I would probably also question a lot. Does my life even have meaning? Why why am I here? You know? So, and that's when I then came up with the, Mm -hmm. I just kept thinking of the word chosen, you know, just reminding people that they are chosen, you know, and I think the name applies to not only our beneficiaries, but also everyone who's involved, you know, even in the charity work that we do. So we even call our volunteers and people who are donors as well, chosen champions, because I believe that even we are chosen to do the work, you know, we're chosen to give, we're chosen to help and support in any way that we can. So it's all part of a bigger plan and a bigger purpose. And I've always felt that we're we're born in community for community because I think that always kind of goes back to when I think of my upbringing, you know, in Zimbabwe. So I was raised by a single mother, and a lot of times it was community that banded together to really give my mom the support she needed to raise me the way that she did, you know. Um, and I feel that that's played a huge part in where I am now, and. I think in all the ways that people provided that support, it made me feel like my life must have meaning, you know, if people really want me to get ahead and want me to have a great education and opportunities. So I think the same applies to even the people who we support in this work is just being able to give them that hope to feel like, okay, I am, I'm meant to be here, you know, and I do have purpose. So that's what chosen really means, it's just being chosen for a reason, that your life has meaning, your life has value, and and we want you here, you know? So, yeah, that's really where chosen That's amazing. I love that. I love that. Who doesn't want to be chosen? Who doesn't want to be like, yo, like, that's not, I, I, I love that. No, that's, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's really nice. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I know that you were in Zim recently, and maybe I should actually ask you this first. Well, let me say congratulations, first of all. I know that you were chosen to be the share change maker. Is that is that if I if I remember correctly, like that's how I used to see your thing. So uh yes, your share change maker. Um, congrats. 
I know that there were a lot of other people that were competing for that. And I know like, I'm happy you got it. Seems like, you know, you really worked hard for it. So um, walk me through that. Like, what does it mean to be a sheer change maker? And then, and then maybe that can also bleed into your, I know you're recently in Zim uh, a month ago or so. Um, so can you also like, and then you can also just talk about your trip. Like how was your trip back home? Like for you to actually be in person and you're meeting these people on the ground that maybe you've only been texting or it was only virtual. And like, now you got to like see them and like you see the kids and you like, you see that, like where the actual stuff is going. Cause, um, yeah, I'll be interested to hear your experience with that, but, um, if you can start with the sheer change maker thing and then that can bleed into your trip. Yeah, 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 sure. So probably going back to sheer change maker. So that was actually um, the award with the organization with the company Sheer Moisture, right? Which is a brand that I use. So hello, <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, even short hair girls, we still moisturize and condition our hair. Okay, for the people out there who think we just might use it. So <laughs> um, it's a brand that I love. I've always just even loved like their ethos. So. I was nominated for their Sheer Changemaker campaign, right, which is essentially highlighting women of color in Australia who are making a change in their community. So it could be through a project, um, their organization, business, whatever it is that they were doing, but they're making a positive change in the community. Um, so, yeah, it was really competitive. I have to just say, even like all the other organizations that were there and the women who were nominated are doing amazing, amazing work. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, wow, like this, there's some power rangers out there in Australia. Like, what's going on? And there were even quite a number of Zimbabwean women as well who were nominated, who were just doing amazing things here in Australia. So I just want to give them a shout out as well. But I felt really honored to be just alongside them, you know, to be nominated with them. So, yeah, but honestly, my community was just amazing. People banded together. Shout out to my mom as well, who posted every group chat under the sun. Okay. Um. <laughs> no, people were posting. Like, that's how I even know. Like, um, I even got to know about your foundation, actually, because someone I followed on the podcast shared your, like, hey, please vote for this person to, like, get this thing. And I was like, what's this about? And that's how I got to even know about the organization. That's how we're even here today, like having this conversation. I was like, yo, this woman is out here moving mountains, doing whatever. And then I got to know more about your organization from like your Instagram. And I was like, this is really cool. I want to talk to her. I want to like learn more about what this is about. And then when I saw that you won, I felt like I was also there. Like I was just, like, I even popped a bottle and everything. I was like, oh my God, like, we won guys. We won. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so i was like so like people really shared and i think that's yeah like as you're talking about your community like people really have your back and it's so nice to see you know and i think throughout that campaign i was just thinking to myself you know because all the proceeds as well were going to our chosen work and i think people were just when people reached out to me they were really touched i think by just the filler backpack story and especially with that Part of it, but we waited, you know, we and we fought. So I have to actually put it that way. We really fought for the donations to be released. So that nine-month period, I think people were just so moved by that, you know, and I, I think it was a real testament at least to, you know, our why and why we really believe in the work that we're doing. So, yeah, I honestly just have to say a big thank you to everyone who voted, shared. I had strangers reach out and People were just really behind, you know, the campaign and wanting us to win. And I was, 
you know, of course I wanted to win both at the same time. I was just so happy that we even had that sort of recognition and someone thought to nominate us. So I'm so grateful that we won and we were able to actually put those proceeds towards um, our chosen work. So we're going to be filming a documentary uh, in September, which is going to highlight the work, but also um, just the situation and what's going on in Zimbabwe at the moment, just sharing people's stories um, and how, yeah, we can continue to create more change and how we can support them. So it's really, really amazing how the She Changemaker campaign has already allowed us to get that going in the preparations for that. Yeah. So I have to just say that everyone who voted, it really, really counted. So thank you so much for all that support. And yeah, so that, that was a sheer change maker. And I have to also thank Sheer, um, sheer Moisture as well, just for creating the platform to highlight yeah. women of color, you know, making a change. Because I think a lot of times, even in our community, you know, we're, we're always trying to figure out ways to to better our community, you know, and to help people out. And um, sometimes it's hard. So this is, I think, having opportunities like this always gives us that extra bit of motivation and that push to be like, you know what, this this work really, really does expand further than just what we think and we imagine in our yeah. minds. We can get like that sometimes, but even just how so many people are inspired by that. You know, I've had people mm -hmm. who reach out and say, I want, I've, I've now sent stuff, you know, to Zim, you know, I sent, I added a suitcase of donations to my friend who was going this well way. Like just people are, I think, now so inspired to think of small ways that are still so significant, yeah. you know, on how, what they can do. Because they're like, you know what, if you guys did it and, you know, exactly. we, I can do something too. So Honestly, this the Share Change Maker campaign has just had so much more impact than I even thought, you know, would have happened with that. So that was that was really, really amazing. And yes, I did just get back from Zimbabwe. I was I was in Zimbabwe for actually just over a week. It was not a long trip. Um, but I really tried to make the most of that week. So we had a few meetings. It was my first time actually seeing my team in person. Yeah, I imagined that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was like, yeah. how was that? It it was amazing. It was amazing. We had such a good time. We met at the lunch actually, which was really good. You know, we love to eat. It was good that we got to go some food together. And I actually went to school with our community leads. I went to both junior and high school with her. So we're already quite familiar, but her partners was involved in the work and it was just really great to see them and touch base with them. And I think also for me to just gain more granular knowledge as to what things, how is the situation on the ground? You know, how are they moving? I think yeah. there's a certain level of um, patience that's required as well when you're trying to get things moving along or even just get it up on the ground in Zimbabwe. Um, exactly. And sometimes yeah. you can have moments where if you've lived in the diaspora for a long time, you can expect things to go a certain way. Um, so having on the ground who are so involved and so on the ball, it helps you just always regain sensitivity towards that. But hey, there is a way that sometimes we have to be a bit more patient and have to work around things to get those, you know, um, projects going. So it was so good to meet them. And then I actually also met, I went to the Australian Embassy uh, to discuss the aid program that they've got there. So um, we're looking to also do some work through that, which is I mean, it, was, it was a really great meeting and time to just share a bit more about what we're doing at Chosen. 
uh, the vice council, so to speak, there. And then after that, so it's probably like my second last day in Zim, I managed to visit. So actually, before we started sort of all the chosen work, we did an initiative, a Valentine's Day initiative in 2021 called Greater Love. So I actually named that um, after my grandmother. Um, and we donated to one of the homes is where um, we actually have a family member of ours, Andy, um, who was our family essentially adopted okay. from that home. So um, we were always really connected to that home and we always stayed in touch with them. So in 2021, we sent them some items. So I just can be myself, you know, Valentine's Day is not just, you know, a day for like love relationships. I think it's a day to show love to everyone. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we donated to Simbarerenga Children's Home in Waterfall. And again, I'd actually never physically been there, right? Mm. So this twenty one, I just reached out to them. I said, "Hey, what can we, what can we provide? What can we give you guys right now?" So we sent some groceries, some detergents, all of that. And then fast forward now to two thousand twenty three. I'm in Zim, and I said to them, "Hey, can we come and see you guys? Let's come see the kids and spend the day with you." So we did just that. We went there, and it was such a beautiful day because at the moment. They are, they've started a farming project. As you know, obviously, um, with inflation and how prices have gone up, food and all that, and mm. it, you know, people are really having a hard time trying to keep up with, obviously, the need and the demand of running these homes. So Simbara Denga Children's yeah. Home has 100 children that they take care of there, right? So they have a baby center, they've got schools, and their schools there don't only cater to the children who live in the home, also to children who are outside just in the community in waterfalls. You come and learn there, right? So they provide those kids mm. with meals as well. You know, they have their breakfast, they have their lunch there um, at the school. So they're trying to sort of, you know, keep sort of on top of all of those demands and those overheads. So when I was there, they had said, oh, we started a little farming project, right? Um, we're growing our own veggies, and that's been a really big help to help us just, you know, feed the, the children more nutritious foods and all that. So I said to them, hey, okay, as chosen, you know, I had a discussion with my team, and we said we're going to donate some seedlings. So um, I was driving around them looking for veggies, and I had a lovely <laughs> lady who actually has her own greenhouse project going, and um, we managed to get some vegetables there and some seedlings, and we took those, and I kid you not, moments from like when we handed these seedlings to them, they were already planting them. They were so excited. <laughs> it was so precious. They were so happy. They were so That's happy. amazing. We managed yeah. to um uh donate red onion, we gave them cabbage, spinach, tomatoes. Um they were just so so excited. And I even managed to meet the founder there as well. Um of the home she's been running the yeah. home since like the late nineties. And she's really, really done an amazing job there. So, and then we spent some time with the children as well, which is really nice. So they were sort of at the time in, in their classes. So um, I managed to spend some time with them during their break time as well. I went to one of our board members as well. She was there. So we, we had a really great time with the kids and just getting to know them and how they're going. And I think a lot of times, you know, we send um, – you know, a lot of these homes, food items and clothes. And I think sometimes, like, a lot of the kids, when I would ask them, you know, what they really like to do, it was always the simple things, like they mm-hmm. wanted dolls or they wanted, like, a, a toy car or something. So even we were just talking about how it's so 
beautiful how even through the Philip Backpack Initiative, we were able to, I think, attend to like those needs of kids as well. That's not they just yeah. really that that little car or that uh, Barbie doll or that teddy bear, you know, creates such a lasting impact for them as well. So it was so beautiful to be able to spend time with the kids there at Timbaredenga. So we managed to actually visit one of our beneficiaries, but it was it, it was huge. It was huge. It was it was so huge for me and even for our board member who came with us. And it was just so lovely. I loved it. I loved it so much. That sounds so great. Like I can see like just even from you reliving those memories, like just your smile is getting bigger and bigger. Like I can tell like, yo, that was such a special time for you. Like I feel like that was such a good, good week. And I'm sure even going back home, like to Australia, like it really like re-energized you. Yeah. And like, which leads into my next question of like, what's next for Chosen Foundation? Like, what are you working on? Like, are there things that people should know more about? Like, um, if people wanted to donate either like items or financially or in whatever way, like what's the, what do you see? What do you want to like, what's in the next five years? Like, what are you trying to accomplish as the foundation? Like, where do you see yourselves going? You know, that's just that kind of thing. Like, um, before we before we end it, but like yeah, just so that people are aware of like your plans and if they want to help out with those. Awesome. So at the moment, we so last year we were mainly focused on enablement projects, right? Um, this year we're looking more towards capacity building. So we will be running fill a backpack hopefully early next year. So for the remainder of this year, we're really looking at. Um, really teaching people in the community how to fish, right? Um, so through those capacity building projects, we're looking at, we've got a program we're starting as well um, for some of the teen mothers in the safe houses to sort of give them, you know, um, and develop those skills that they can utilize, whether it's um, doing hair, sewing, we're, we're going to be starting some of those projects as well later this year. And then we wanted to expand as well the farming project at Simbari Denga Children's Home as well. So we're looking to run some workshops as well for them around sustainable farming, just to better equip a lot of the caretakers and people who are there, um, so they can at least increase their knowledge and how best they can continue you know, those farming projects and expand on that. So because to run these projects, we're mainly looking to, um, if the community is able to provide us with monetary donations at the moment since we're no longer taking, well at least we're not taking at the moment, um, we're not receiving any clothes or shoes or stuff for filler backpacks. So it's mainly through those monetary donations that we're able to, for example, run these workshops, you know, set up um, a lot of these educational seminars as well that we're looking to run later this year for, you know, our beneficiaries who are looking to essentially have, you know, create work and opportunities for them to take care of themselves. Ultimately, we're wanting or at least hoping for people to just regain, a, you know, a sense of independence, you know, so they can take care of themselves and their family. Um, so that's what we're looking to do now. So it's mainly around the farming project and then, um, the hair workshops and the sewing as well that we're going to be touching on later this year. So because of that, we would really, really appreciate if you were able to donate. Our um, PayPal links are all on our social medias. At the moment, we are also just finishing up our website. So our website as well will be up. I'll still share the website link because it will be up um, soon as well. And yeah, so people are able to donate. Also, I'd like to emphasize that um, it's not, people don't only just have to donate, you know, uh, through money, right? A yeah. lot of times 
we also appreciate if people have a certain skill set, you know, that they believe would be beneficial to the work that we're doing because ultimately anyone, you know, um, can help out through our work. So if anyone feels it on their heart that they would like to contribute through their expertise, mm -hmm. then, you know, please reach out to us. We would appreciate that as well. You know, reach out to us through our social media. We can always have a chat. I'm always happy to have a chat and share a bit more about our work. Um, and also at the same time, I think it's also important to let people know that even if you're in them and you want to, you know, just help out one of our initiatives or if we're doing a soup kitchen, because we will still be doing those as well. Um, so if we run a soup kitchen and we're sharing, just like stay up to date with our social media, join our mailing list, whatever, just reach out if you want to just help out in any way. You have a free Saturday and you want to help us in any way. We would also really love that. I really am um, under the belief that anyone can help in any way that yes. they believe that they can. We, we try as much to involve everyone so that everyone can feel, again, as I said, chosen, right? We're all chosen to do something. Our five-year plan, however, so in the next five to ten years, we're looking to build a community center. So, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a big dream. Okay. <laughs> big dream. Yeah. Well, that, it's good to dream. Like, where would you have it? Like, where's your dream to have the community center? Like, what, what would that look like? Location-wise, that's a bit, it's a bit tricky. Usually, it would make sense to have it in Harare. However, we're still doing some more research to find out where would be the best location, right? And where would have the most impact as well. Okay. Because we have to take into consideration as well that there are a lot of these, I think, um, matters in Zimbabwe that are also very under-researched. So for someone who's just always relying on Google, mm -hmm. you might not have so much information. So now we're working on um, really developing connections with people in the community, in Zimbabwe who are also doing the work, okay. um, who are able to then give us more access to that knowledge so we can know like what are the needs and how can we um, support that. So location-wise, we're still, you know, searching and brainstorming, but that is our plan to have that. So even if you're an architect or like some sort of construction engineer, project manager, whatever, like, and you just want to give us your support. Mutsa, I know you're into music. If you want to make us a little chosen, <laughs> we'll take it. I'll, I'll make you a theme song. I'll make I'll make the Chosen Foundation theme song or something. Chosen Foundation. Yeah, uh, like. She sings as well, guys, 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 guys. This is something this woman cannot do. <laughs> and she probably acts too. Like, ah. <laughs> it can be a little something like that. All I'm saying is that everything is our belly, right? Yes. And is so helpful. So, yeah, that's pretty much um, our plan for the year and for the next five to ten years. So we'll be sharing all this information and that'll all be accessible through our website. So, yeah, we're really excited for what the future holds for us and everyone who is yet to partner with us. So, yeah, we're super excited. That is so amazing. No, that's so cool. Like, I think that's, that's, I mean, I applaud you for having those big dreams because that's necessary. Um, I'm excited to see how the community development thing, like the, when you like, when you start it, like I'll be following you very intently. I know if I can get involved in that in any way I can, hopefully I will be able to, hopefully in the next five years, I'll be in a, in a much better place where I can be like, yo, I'm donating a million to like, 
the building of this thing. Like, hey, I'm just saying, I'm, like, for I'm, it. I'm speaking into an existence. I'm manifesting. Yes. You know, in, in the next five years, Musa is going to be a millionaire or something. And I'm going to be there like, yo, Teda, like, what you need? And I'm like, hey, I need this. I'm like, it's, yeah. it's there. I would have messaged you in five years and be like, so. hey, where's that millionaire? <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, where's a millionaire, though? Like, yo. Well, do the plan. Uh, hopefully at that like, point. You already have a pledge for a million dollars on the way, guys. Everyone will like. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, hey, Mutsa, like, all I need is a signature right here. Like, I, I've already really yeah. checked everything. Just mm-hmm. sign it. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, I'll still remember my roots when that happens. I, I, I believe I will. I hope I don't get lost in the millions, and I hope I'll be like, oh, yeah. Hopefully, you bring me down to earth if I've lost my head. <laughs> yeah, remember your people, fam. Like, no, that's no, that's really cool. Like, um, you know, I'm in the field of international development, and... I think it's so important what you're saying right now, like the work that you're doing now, like, like, okay, I feel weird about using the word empower now because what does that really mean? Like empowerment right now, I think it's just been used, used a lot loosely, but just the fact that like that capacity development aspect of saying like, hey, it's not just about me giving you something like, you know, it's not just about receiving an item, but just giving you the opportunity to also like make something of yourself, especially young mothers and as, and the people that you want to work with and just giving them the tools to like you can do this you can do this you can make your own money this way like i think that's way more impactful long term as compared to like you know like i work i've seen development organizations just like give stuff or they themselves do the stuff and then they don't actually like make those people able to do the stuff themselves right and at some point you know those people end up like becoming successful and then they give back to the because they've been there you know it, it actually creates like a positive trickle down effect and a positive ripple like so i applaud that i think that's the right way to do things and so i'm really excited to hear that that's like what y'all are working on right now so guys if you love if you want to donate please do go on the uh instagram page it's chosen foundation i'll also have it linked um so if you do want to like go on their page and donate to the paypal and it, it i'm sure every little bit helps so um by all means like do that anyway Ted, thank you so much for for coming today like i really appreciate you taking the time to to spend uh and yeah even learning more about your organization i think this was really good i i'm inspired and i hope a lot of people will be as well because like and a, a lot of young people too especially in the diaspora like guys Tada is not like you know michelle obama's niece she's not like you know this is a regular person who did regular things like all of us like you know it just takes i think what's the word it takes grit it takes uh what's there's a word that i'm determination and it takes just like that, that nine months that you're talking about that i'm sure that was so not easy but like you stuck it out a lot of people would have just given up and I think that's also commendable that like you're really fighting so hard because working, I'm sure Zimra can is, <laughs> I'm sure it can be really disheartening sometimes when you're really trying to push something and do good work. And then there are all these like roadblocks and all these like barriers and all these fights that you have to fight that you're not prepared to fight. And then you have to just stand up. You're going to bed late. You're like worried, but here you are like at the end of the day, there's a kid out there who really appreciates you, who looks up and is like, yo, like there's, there's a person out there who really looked out for me. And some people never get that. And so the fact that you're even about to like, you fought so that someone else can have that feeling, I think is a, make me cry. Is a wonderful thing. So. <laughs> Thank you. 
Hey, you know, <laughs> no, I mean, it's true though. It's true though. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think that's really wonderful. And um, so for people out there, like, it's possible. I think that's what I also wanted to have this podcast and like just the main message that guys, it's really really possible. And you don't have to reinvent the wheel either. Like there are a lot of organizations that are already doing the work and all you have to do is just like reach out and see like, hey, I like what you're doing. How can I help out? It's as simple as that. It's really not like you have to go through what you went through. Like I can now just say, hey, Tada, I'm giving you this amount of money or can I, I want to donate this. I'm not using it anymore. Do you have any use for it? And they'd be like, yeah, 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 I got you. So yeah. So I think it's just like, it's possible and it's achievable so which is important especially in this day and age and yes so to all the people listening out there i hope you can i hope you've learned something and i hope you also feel as inspired as i do um tada any any closing words any last things that you'd like people out there to know um about either the organization about you or anything else that you'd like for people to know um, again, thank you, Musa and the Forest Brothers, for giving us this opportunity to come on the podcast and have this amazing chat. The energy was great. So thank you again. We really appreciate it. And I just want to say that on behalf of Chosen and everyone who we support and even the amount of reach we're going to have, you know, because of this. So I really, really appreciate it. And I hope you guys know as well that the work you're doing is really valuable. So thank you again. Thank you to all the listeners. And if anyone has any questions or wants to get to know more about Chosen, feel free to reach out. And, um, yeah, just, just don't forget to love on people, you know. Just share the love whenever you can. And, and yeah, that's it from me. So thank you again. I really appreciate it. It was great. Of course. Yeah, guys, she's really nice. Like, she's not going to say, hey, why are you reaching out to me? Like, she will still <laughs> respond. You know, she might, she might take a little bit of time because of time zones, but she will eventually get to you. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's, I, that's I do joke. my that's best. Joke, yeah. I do my best. When you're doing the social media, the marketing, the, you know, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It's, it's it really is. But anyway, reach out to her. She will respond. Uh, I can't wait for that website to come out. I think that's yeah. going to be really impactful. Um, but with that, listener, thank you so much, and we will catch you on the next one. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs>